The Bruce and Hobbs podcast, made possible through the generous support of National Life Group. Their Life Changer of the Year program aims to honor those who are making a significant difference in the lives of students by exemplifying excellence, positive influence, and leadership. This annual program recognizes and rewards K-12 educators and school employees from around the country. Learn more and nominate a Life Changer at lifechangeroftheyear.com. National Life Group. Experience life. Welcome to the home of your two best buddies, Bruce and Hobbs. Join the conversation right now at bruceandhobbs.com. And now, here's your hosts, Bruce and Hobbs Zeman. It's been a few weeks longer than we would have liked, but we are back. Opening Season 3 of Bruce and Hobbs Radio, featuring a worldwide podcast that is all about animals all the time. Want to welcome you to a new season of the Bruce and Hobbs Radio Podcast. I'm Bruce, in theory anyway, the voice behind the show, and to my right, the canine star of the Bruce and Hobbs Empire, and that would be Hobbs. Hobbs, how are you, little man? That's fabulous. If you've joined us on a regular basis in the past, welcome back. And if this is your first time you've heard about us and are checking out the show, welcome. Our podcast is about animals, and our goal, to help you learn more about them and help you become the best pet parent possible. And along the way, we spotlight people and some of the organizations who help animals, and we share their stories. Your input makes the show go. Your thoughts, comments, suggestions, send them our way. Connect with us on the web at bruceandhobbs.com, on Facebook at Bruce and Hobbs, your two best buddies, Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, and get our newsletter with the show link attached by emailing us at info at bruceandhobbs.com. Suffice it to say that a lot has changed since we last had a chance to spend some time together. If you've heard the show before or have heard about us, you might know our story, how Hobbs is a rescued domestic violence survivor who I rescued back in 2009 and has been on the radio with me ever since. Our story has gained national attention because we are the only human canine radio duo in the nation. And as more and more people have heard about Hobbs and how he rose above the abuse he suffered to become an inspiration and a voice for animals, our show became pretty popular. But I would be lying to you if I said that I ever thought another animal's story could capture my heart and attention and the attention of so many other people like Hobbs did. But since we last were together, that's exactly what happened. And the story that I'm going to share with you today, I promise you, will grab onto your heart and take you on a roller coaster ride like you probably have never experienced before. And if you're wondering how I know this, because the story we're about to share with you happened to me over the holidays, and I've been doing this a long time. It's one of the most spectacular rescue stories that I've ever heard, and that's why I wanted to share it with you. It's the story of little Zoe Jean, a tiny dachshund chihuahua mix, who has come to be known as the Christmas Miracle Pup. And once you hear the story, you'll know why. Our guest on the show this week is Denise Garreau. She's the founder of Eskies Online, a rescue organization based in Connecticut who made the entire rescue and the story possible. Denise and her organization is a multi-breed rescue group that serves dogs in need. Her group of volunteer foster homes spans the Northeast, and their adoption territory extends from Maine to eastern Pennsylvania, Delaware, and parts of northern Maryland. But until Zoe came into the picture, I'd never heard about Denise, we'd never met, but once our paths crossed, I knew immediately the type of person that she was. I knew immediately she was someone who cares as deeply for animals as I do. And as I also came to learn pretty quickly... Denise's involvement would not only save Zoe's life, it would change mine forever. It's a story I promise you, you'll want to hear, and one that will grab on and not let go. And that's coming up next 
Also on the podcast, Gail Parmalee is back. He'll join us with positive pet news. But right now, I want you to grab your beverage of choice and get ready to increase your knowledge about animals. The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast. Listen anywhere, anytime from your computer or smartphone. BruceandHobbs.com. Welcome back. We're glad you could join us, and we hope our podcasts are a real resource to you. We cover multiple elements of the animal world, from care to rescue and everything in between. That's why we have experts in some of the organizations that help animals on the show to learn about them and to get the information to help you become the best pet parent possible. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend about us and let them know that here at Bruce and Hobbs Radio, we are all about animals all the time. Our guest this week is Denise Garot. She is the founder of Eskies Online, the amazing organization that helped rescue little Zoe Jean. She took her out of a shelter in New York City and helped her get better. Denise and her team were responsible for getting Zoe the critical care that she needed so we could adopt her and save her life. She stepped in on Christmas Eve to make this miracle happen, and I am so honored to have her on our program. Denise, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Denise, you and I met under less than desirable circumstances about six weeks ago. You and I together were involved in the rescue of a dog named Zoe, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But before we tackle that, I want to talk about your organization, Eskies Online. Tell me about the background, when it was founded, what your role is, and why you founded it. Well, we are at present a multi-breed dog rescue group. We began 20 years ago, and it started in a 400-square-foot apartment in a Chelsea neighborhood of Manhattan on accident because I was online chit-chatting with some people who owned American Eskimo dogs, and that was my breed of choice at the time. And I got involved in the rescue activities and pretty soon took over the reins of the local rescue operation. And it's been one dog at a time for 20 years now, and in 2013, we bought a a large 85-acre property out in Canterbury, Connecticut, where we expanded our efforts. And now we handle all breeds, large and small. We handle a variety of different behavior and medical issues, and we try to prepare the dogs for good homes. What areas of the country does your rescue cover? Well, we're centered in the middle of Connecticut, and we traveled from Maine to eastern Pennsylvania. That's what I would describe as our adoption territory. We do adoptions at our home in Connecticut, but then we also travel for special situations where we might have to introduce the dog to multiple family members, cats, other dogs, etc. My husband is a behavior expert and trainer, and so he does all of those introductions so he can set things up for the best possible outcome. Where does the name Eskies Online come from? Well, we began as American Eskimo Dog Rescue, breed-specific. So Eskies is the nickname for the American Eskimo Dog Breed. Now, on your website, eskiesonline.com, it says that your organization is a dog rescue organization, not a shelter. What does that mean? Well, a shelter is typically a brick-and-mortar public facility that people can go in and view multiple dogs. They can meet with adoption counselors. There's two kinds of shelters. There's a public shelter, which would be like the New York Animal Care and Control, the large animal care and control facilities. And then there are SPCAs, like the MSPCA in Massachusetts or the ASPCA that's national, that's based in New York. So those are examples of shelters. Now, what we are is 
a private multi-breed rescue group. And that means that we are a hybrid between a shelter and a foster home-based rescue. Some rescues just work through foster homes, but we actually have a place where we can let the dogs unwind and we can train, we can do medical work. So we have a wheel of quarantine that we maintain to watch out for any kind of infectious diseases. So we're trying to carve out new territory here. What do you consider your mission to be? We want to remove the obstacles that dogs face in getting adopted. I often say that I think we're galactic erasers. We're correcting people's mistakes. Dogs wind up in rescue because folks haven't done their work initially. People will get a puppy because huskies. I could go on and on about huskies. They love little tiny husky puppies, but grows up to be a 60 to 80 pound thing of the wild. And, you know, you might have some behavior problems if you haven't socialized the puppy correctly. So our mission is to take dogs that have gotten off track in life, get them back on track, heal their medical conditions like we did with Zoe Jean, and then heal behavior problems, heal trauma, work on basic manners. We do the AKC, Canine Good Citizenship Training, and we try to get them so that they can live in homes with people. Our guest this week is Denise Garo. She's the founder of Eskies Online, based out of Canterbury, Connecticut, on this week's Bruce and Hobbs Radio. Denise, fast forward to about six weeks ago. Our paths crossed for the first time because of a little dog named Jean. Can you tell me how you got involved in this situation? Well, we were alerted to Jean from our contacts at New York Animal Care and Control. And the Dachshunds are one of our beloved breeds. So we said that we would take her as soon as she was out of her stray hold. She had come into the shelter as a stray. So they had to hold on to her until they could do their due diligence in finding her proper owner. And when they couldn't do that, then they sent her up to us. Now, I know there's not much information that you have, but do you know anything about her history and how she was found? Well, what we do know is that she was this little bitty four-pound girl found abandoned in a building. And it really seems to me, although we don't have any facts, so I hate to speculate, but a little dog like that doesn't wind up in a building unless somebody puts her there. So, you know, you hate to think the worst of people, but, you know, sometimes that happens. Anyway, so we really don't know exactly how she wound up in the building, but the animal control officers were alerted to her and they brought her into the city shelter in Brooklyn. Now, she was in very, very bad shape when she came in. What were your thoughts when you first heard about her and saw the condition she was in? Well, she was in terrible shape. She was emaciated, and she also was 10 years old. So I thought she wasn't going to make it. I looked at her medical information before we agreed to take her, and I knew exactly what we had to do. We had to really be very proactive, very aggressive with nutritional supplements and immune support supplements to really get her over the kennel cough flu virus that she caught in the shelter. Then she also had a very, very bad dental infection that was going to make it more difficult for her to battle the virus. So it was tough, and I wasn't sure she was going to make it when I first saw her. Besides, she was so emaciated. She had no body fat to help her. She was in rough shape, and I was not optimistic at all. So are a lot of the dogs that come to you in this condition? Yes, they are. We maintain a quarantine because one of the problems with the city shelters are usually they're underfunded, and there's a lot of viruses that run through there, especially in the New York facility. It's one of the worst. So we've had to build a quarantine that's up to 
state hospital specifications. So it's a clean room where you can put the dogs, you can scrub and bleach and everything to keep these things at bay. And when a senior dog contacts something like this, it's difficult for them to get rid of it, especially if they have a rampant dental infection. Unless we can keep them eating and drinking and all that, then they can't fight off the virus. And with the dental problem, it's just really, really, really hard. So it's touch and go a lot of the times. You know, a lot of times these things can morph into pneumonia, in which case they have to be hospitalized. So it's a very tricky thing. And Jean was so small and emaciated to start with, completely malnourished. So you know, it was tricky. It was really tricky. We have a vet tech who oversees our quarantine, and Michelle just worked with her relentlessly. So Jean comes in. She receives medical treatment. What do you think the prognosis is going to be initially? I thought she was going to die. I hate to be so blunt, but I thought she was going to die. And I was very worried that, you know, I knew that you had your heart set on her. And I was very worried about breaking your heart because I knew how much she meant to you already. So it's just a miracle that she made it. And part of it is she's got such a tough little soul. I mean, she's really a fighter, that one. Yeah, she really is. Our guest this week is Denise Gross. She is the founder of Eskies Online, an amazing rescue organization out of Canterbury, Connecticut. So, Denise, you hear about my family wanting to adopt her. What's running through your mind when you hear this? Well, I really couldn't believe my ears, really, when we talked, because my experience with people talking to as many adopters that I do is that no one wants to adopt a senior dog. People are mired in their own grief from just having lost a pet or they fear the vet bills or they feel like, oh, I don't want to go through losing the pet again so soon. They want puppies. You know, it's just very hard to get senior dogs adopted. So when I heard from you, I just really couldn't believe my ears. Now, you touched on this a few minutes ago, but you were pretty worried when we first met about telling me how bad she was. Were you really that concerned? Yeah, I really was. I did not know how things were going to go with her, in part because her mouth was so bad. She lost all of her teeth, every single one. I think she has one left, doesn't she? She has one little nub left, yeah. Yeah. So, see, that's the thing. If she had been four years old and she'd been a fat four-year-old beagle, I would say, oh, she's going to be fine. But, you know, she'd already lost so much of her body weight. I was really, really worried. And we did everything that we could. And fortunately, by now, you know, after 20 years, you develop some sense about how to handle these things. And we've got protocols that we put in place that are pretty aggressive. Our results at turning dogs like this around is really, really good these days. So, as you know, Zoe is now up to seven pounds, and we changed her name from Jean to Zoe Jean. Her mouth is healed. She is very comfortable in her forever home with her brothers and sisters. How does that make you feel, having been on the front line when she comes in malnourished and neglected, to seeing her where she is today? Well, I'm just amazed. I've been following her on your Facebook page, and tears come to my eyes. And all the girls that work for us that loved her and worked with her follow the page, and we see these pictures of her, the recent ones at the Bridal Expo. I mean, really, I just tear up. It's just the most amazing ending for this poor little thing. So seeing what took place with her rescue, the adoption, and the almost 100,000 people following this, what do you think about all this in terms of what happened and what's possible for other dogs and animals in general? I think what you're really showing here on your program is the tremendous value in the life of a senior dog. I mean, she has given you so much 
just to talk to you about her, you can just feel the love that you and Tammy have for this dog. And I think that that plays to people. People can feel how much you love. And I think that it's really going to open some people's hearts to appreciating the quality of time instead of the quantity. Because senior dogs have so much life left. And it's such a wonderful feeling to give them care and to watch them blossom. Well, I saw the wonderful work that your organization did. You are definitely one of my heroes. The hard fact about this all, though, and you know this and I know this and a lot of people listening know this, the cold hard fact is that rescues like yours need resources, money and donations to make things like this happen. Can people make donations or possibly volunteer with Eskies Online? Absolutely. Every little bit helps. You know, there's certainly you can make a a cash or a check donation. We need things like Ceresto collars and flea and tick treatment are the big items coming. Spring's coming up here and we're starting to see some ticks. And we're right near Lyme, Connecticut, where Lyme disease got its name. So we have to be very vigilant about that. And then we need things like very kennel crates. So there's a lot of ways to help. And we also do have a volunteer program, but you need to be local to be able to get here to make it worth your time to volunteer. You know, you mentioned earlier in the show about your transportation network. Is that something that you can always use people to drive from place to place? Each situation requires different approach. And most of the time, if we're picking up dogs from shelters, I need experienced rescue people because anything could happen. You don't know what you're getting when you're getting a shelter dog. So, but, um, you know, sometimes what used to help me a lot was people that would volunteer to drive a foster dog to change foster homes. One dog goes from one home to another, and that kind of thing would help. But that's not really so much of what we need right now. Denise, if people want more information about Eskies Online or your rescue or would like to speak with you, perhaps, where is the best place for people to get that information? Well, we have our own website. It's eskiesonline.com, where there's just a lot of information about us and all of our available dogs. And then also our Facebook page, Eskies Online, chronicles our activities. All of the new dogs are posted, the adoptions. We post an awful lot of pictures of kind of enrichment activities we do, the hikes, the swimming, you know, everything that we do with the dogs. So it's a fun page to kind of get a sense of who we are, and lots of people like to look at the pictures. Well, I don't have too many heroes, but you are definitely one of them. Our guest this week has been Denise Gross. She is the founder of Eskies Online, the organization that made the amazing rescue of my little Zoe Jean possible. And Denise, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Well, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it. Positive Pet News is next on Bruce and Hobbs Radio. The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast. Get each episode delivered directly to your computer, iPhone, or iPad through iTunes for free. Don't miss a moment. Don't miss a moment. BruceandHobbs.com. With this week's Positive Pet News, I'm Gail Parmalee for the Bruce and Hobbs podcast. Here's what's been happening in the world of pets. Oregon State Senators Peter Courtney and Alan Olson are sponsoring a bill that could encourage more people to adopt animals in need of forever homes. Senate Bill 326 would give a tax credit of up to $100 for citizens who want to rescue a pet from a shelter. A new law in San Francisco has made it illegal to sell dogs and cats obtained from mills within the city. The bill targets puppy mills and kitten factories that put animals in horrible conditions in order to create puppies and kittens that can then be sold for a profit. 
Under the new law, only rescue animals can be sold in pet stores. The law does not extend to licensed breeders who give their animals proper care, but it does also ban the sale of animals under eight weeks old. In a closely watched case, the Supreme Court has sided with a 13-year-old Michigan girl with cerebral palsy and her service dog, a golden doodle named Wonder. The court ruled unanimously on February 22nd that Elna Fry's family can pursue a lawsuit against her former public school district for denying access to her service dog. Past studies have found that kids who grow up with cats are at a higher risk for mental health issues linked to a parasite cats are known to carry. But a new study has good news for cat owners. The lead author says there is no evidence that cats pose a risk to children's mental health. The London researcher said previous studies reporting links between cat ownership and psychosis simply failed to adequately control for other possible explanations. That study is published in the journal Psychological Medicine. And researchers believe they have found a link between a lower risk of asthma and children's early exposure to pets. The hypothesis is that kids in animal environments breathe air that contains more bacterial fragments, and that can be a good thing, as it may actually lower their risk of asthma. Among the children in the study, those who had been exposed to dogs during the first year of their life were 13% less likely to have asthma by age 6 compared to kids who had no exposure. The research also showed that school-aged kids who were exposed to farm animals in their first year of life were 52% less likely to have developed asthma by age 6 than those with no exposure. Among the preschool set of younger children, kids exposed to farm animals in their first year had 31% lower incidence of asthma between 1 and 5 years old compared to non-exposed toddlers. And that's this week's Positive Pet News. Join the conversation anytime and share your pet-related stories with us at bruceandhobbs.com. For the Bruce and Hobbs Podcast, I'm Gail Parmalee. The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast. Visit bruceandhobbs.com anytime to access our program archive. Listen on your own schedule anytime, day or night. The boys are back, Bruce and Hobbs, following Gail Parmalee and another terrific positive pet news. Want to send a big thank you out to National Life Group, the exclusive sponsor of Bruce and Hobbs Radio. For over 168 years, they've been helping families and making the world a better place. We're honored to be working with them. NationalLife.com is their website. Definitely worth checking out. School visits are underway again as we hit March 2017. If you'd like to see where we'll be, visit bruceandhobbs.com and click on events. We've got everything listed there. Our Hobbs Goes Home book tour picking up steam. People across the country talking about this book, what it's doing to help kids and animals. Educators, child welfare advocates, teachers, parents, and the kids themselves have called Hobbs Goes Home one of the most important children's books ever written. We visited over 195 schools in five states. It is our true story. You'll love it. And if you want to get your own copy, visit the store on our website. But that is going to do it for this week's podcast. Next week, more on the world of animals and information to help you become the best pet parent possible. Remember, you can get in touch with us anytime through our website, bruceandhobbs.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to Bruce and Hobbs Radio for free on iTunes. Keep in mind, you can also get the show emailed to you by shooting us a message at info at bruceandhobbs.com. 
Many thanks to Denise Garreau for being our guest, and we want to thank the people who put the show together and make it go. Our producer, Gail Parmalee, and associate producer and content development director, Tammy Zeman. Of course, we can't forget my best buddy, Little Hobbs. Hobbs and I hope the rest of your week is fantastic and that you will always remember that one person and his or her actions can change the world. We hope that you'll be one of those people and give more animals like Hobbs and now little Zoe a second chance. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll Catch you next time. Bruce and Hobbs is a production of Bruce and Hobbs, LLC. The opinions expressed by the guests on the program do not necessarily reflect those of Bruce and Hobbs. This program was recorded at the Bruce and Hobbs Studios in Vermont with post-production provided by Otter Creek Media. The executive producer is Bruce Zeman. The producer and post-production engineer is Gail Parmalee. Learn more and join the conversation anytime at bruceandhobbs.com. <laughs>